Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We're going to have a pretty long broadcast today. We're in for the long haul anyways, and we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. There's much going on in the world. We have been keeping track as best as we know how of all the different things that are happening. And I'm always under the uh, persuasion, I've been persuaded for many, many years that we should be innocent concerning what is evil and wise concerning what is good. That has been a rule of scripture that I have lived by for a very, very long time. I have avoided, for the most part, going down into the depths of the synagogue of Satan, if you will, and um, just keeping my focus on Jesus and yet being very forthright in the things that we see as watchmen on the wall, looking at, you know, events that are happening around the world and then seeing them through the biblical lens or reading the Bible and then looking at these events and coming up with a biblical interpretation, uh, a world, a biblical worldview of the things that we see. And so there have been seasons in my life where I have touched upon uh, different things um, that were satanically deep. Um, and ugly, and have sought to expose them and to uh, bring enlightenment to people, to awake them. Unfortunately, a lot of times that has been met with uh, tremendous blowback. Uh, It seems that when you touch certain things, uh, the enemy is um, even, even hinted at being exposed. 
uh, there is something that it, there's a response. And so it must be very much spirit-led. We must be led by the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Uh, on top of this, you know, these, these morning broadcasts and preaching of the gospel and doing what we do all the time, um, you know, there's, there's a caution of how we approach what we say. And in the meanwhile, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, making sure that we ourselves are in alignment with the Lord, alignment with truth. I believe that's the most important thing for all of us to be in the truth. And yet when you're out there and you're, you're sitting down and you're the one that's doing all the talking, um, that is subject to, you know, criticism, which is good, and judgment, which is good. I think people should be very judicial. But um, I, I'm saying this because of what we're going to talk about today. Um, our dear friends uh, presented a document to us a while back ago, and I read it last week concerning the Khazarian Mafia. And what a response has suddenly come upon. I mean, everywhere I turn now, um, I, I promise you that we were not plagiarizing anybody's work or we heard somebody saying it, so we you know, got on the bandwagon. Seems the opposite is true. Uh, if anything, our friends at our church, our dear elders, brought this out of nowhere about the Khazarian Mafia, this article. I read that article, and next thing I know, not only was there a, a massive response to what we had been talking about, uh, and people were very thankful for the exposure, but then we're hearing that other people that are watchmen or doing what God's called them to do, I guess supposedly independent, you know, you would think they were listening to us, uh, or it would appear that we were listening to them, but the contrary. Nobody's listening to anybody. I haven't listened to anybody. And yet they're saying the same thing about the Khazarian Mafia. And this Khazar idea needs to be more fully understood. So I'm going to spend some quality time this morning from men of God and people that are historians uh, that have uncovered some things about this. And quite frankly, uh, whether or not they were just being controversial or not, uh, the information is out there, and I think it needs to be fully understood. I did a little research last night, and, I, you know, we have this little fire stick, and you say, who uh, or what is the Khazarian Mafia? And all of a sudden, this you know, Alexa, whoever she is on the TV, says, Bibi Netanyahu is the operational of, uh, director of the Khazarian Mafia. And you say, what? I mean, I, I'm expecting YouTube videos to come out. Who is the Khazarian Mafia? And... This television is talking back to me saying, Bibi Netanyahu is the operational director of the Khazarian Mafia. I thought, that is really strange. So before going to bed last night, setting up this broadcast, I always ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to title the message? And today the title of the message was Global World Leaders Preparing to Make Their Move, something like that. It was like Global World Rulers are kind of, they're, they're dedicated now and they're moving forward, and there's no turning back. I, I, I really believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying that the church needs to be awakened. Believers need to be awakened to the reality. The global government that the Bible actually talks about is making its move. And it's not just an incremental. This is a massive, giant step um, in their evolution of what the Bible calls a one-world government. And so I believe Holy Spirit is revealing these things. But I want to start with a passage of Scripture today. 
And um, I love when the word of God speaks on things. All right. So I'm going to pick it up in first John, the first epistle of John, not the gospel. First John chapter two. And I want to begin in verse 15. And I, I would hope you have your Bibles open. I would hope you'd want to march through this moment with me. Again, I am under the uh, persuasion that we should be innocent concerning what is evil, wise concerning what is good, and yet not ignorant of Satan's devices. Paul said, the apostle, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. So my people perish for a lack of knowledge. I mean, if you're out there and you're ready to fight, but you don't know who you're, you're fighting with, you know, you can put on all the full armor of God you want to, but if you don't know who your enemy is, well, it's the devil. Yes, it is, but how is he coming? Through what mechanism is he coming? How is he operating in the world today? How is he going to be operating and confronting my life or the ecclesia or the country that I live in or the city I live in? You know, how is this happening? Why are people seemingly stuck right now in a rut? Why is there a, a veil over the nations of the earth right now uh, where people are basically blinded and suffocating from breathing true air. Why is there, you know, such little response to negative things? Why is there such fear and intimidation? Why is, why, how, why have things changed so rapidly in our generation like never before in the history of the world? Well, there's a lot of questions to that, and I think it's an abandonment of the Word of God, an abandonment of the church doing what the church was supposed to do, which is expose what is in the darkness. That's in the book of Ephesians that we are to expose, have nothing to do with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So the church's light was supposed to be exposing the unfruitful deeds of darkness. And there are many unfruitful deeds of darkness all over the world. So uh, we want to be very balanced, but I want to go deeper into this today. In the scripture, I want to begin with 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world, this is to believers, all believers, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that means to have affection. That's agape. I mean, the word love not there, the word love is the agapeo, and it simply means to entertain, to be fond of. Uh, it talks about um, to have a, uh, a love in a social or moral sense, all right? So in what world is he talking about? Love not the world. Well, the word world there is where we get the English word cosmos, and the Greek word is cosmos, and the word cosmos in the definition is speaking of the orderly arrangement, the order of the world. We talk about a new world order. We talk about the order of the ages, well, the, the Apostle John is telling the Ecclesia, now you had the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago when John was speaking in his audience, and they, 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 had a, they had an order of things. They had the a pantheon of Roman gods. They had the Caesars. They had the, uh, you know, these people that were thinking they were God, that they were gods. And, and yet he's telling the, the Christians, don't be mesmerized by that. Don't be infatuated with that. Don't do what John did. The same John that's writing this letter in the book of Revelation 17, he's wondering at Mystery Babylon. And the angel says, why did you wonder? Why did you admire her? Let me tell you the truth about her. So the warning is, don't be infatuated with the world. Don't be socially or morally connected to the world. The decor, the order, the orderly arrangement 
And it goes on in the definition of cosmos to not only be the orderly arrangement, but the decoration. So, you know, the world always has a particular order of things, but you and I are to be connected to the kingdom order, the order of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is very real. Our allegiance is to Jesus Christ. He is our king. It is his government that we are submitted to. So the world may have an order, and we're citizens, we're on the earth, we're in the world, but we are not to be mesmerized and caught up in the world system, the Constitution. You know, we've got all these things. Now, the Constitution is an issue we're going to talk about because uh, there is some programming out there where people are just saying the Constitution is trash. Uh, That was on that program with those women that do all the talking with uh, Whoopi Gerberg and whatever the name was. But anyways, um, here you have uh, orders of things, governmental orders. Now, we do believe that the American Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the republic that was built, there was a godly theme to all of that. There's a silver thread aligning in all of the documentations that had a biblical authenticity to it. So therefore, we have admired it, uh, but we've lost that, okay? So whatever is now the orderly arrangement of things um, and, and the boast of a new world order, Um, You know, this is where John is saying, just don't be mesmerized. Don't be infatuated with the the orderly arrangements or the decoration of the world, okay, the adorning. So getting back to 1 John 2.15, love not the cosmos, the orderly arrangement, the decoration, how the world is today, Um, neither the things that are in the world. So don't be impressed by the things in the world. Um, If any man love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in him. So to be impressed with the world as well, look at the yachts and look at the jets and look at the fancy cars and look at this house and look at this. You know, these things leave an impression, but he's saying to the believers, don't be impressed. When the Caesars of Rome are in their marble hallways and palaces, don't be infatuated by that. Don't be so impressed by that. Don't let that impression, you know, take you where you're going is much higher than anything on this earth. Everything on this earth is temporary. Everything on this earth is subject to change. And kingdoms will come and go and palaces will rise and fall. And so he's just telling people that are in this world as Christians, be salt, be light, expose the darkness, you know, and, 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 and preach the gospel and love the body, people, and let it be about people and warn the rich and warn the, you know, the sinner and all these things that the church is to do. And John is just simply saying, don't let your heart be impressed with this world. Don't love it. Don't be fond of it. Don't have an agreement with it. Don't look at it as, as it's an impressive thing. Don't look at governments as being impressive. Leave it all alone because these things without Christ are going to die. They're going to fall, right? So verse 16, he goes on to say, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, And the pride of life is not of the Father. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. So the lust of the flesh, and that word lust there just gets into desire. I'll give you the definition. The epithumia, the epithumia, and that word lust there means craving, longing, desire for what is forbidden. It talks about just having a longing for the things of the world. A longing for the things of the world. What should the true longing of every believer be? For Christ, the, the, the spirit and the bride say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Why are they saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus? Because their, long, their longing is in the right direction. 
They're longing for God to come and fill the earth with his glory. There's not a longing to enjoy the dainties of the world. Oh, Lord, hold out because I want to go to college. I want my kids to grow up. No, we should be training our kids to long for the Lord, to love the Lord, to honor the Lord, to be protected from being ensnared in these worlds. And we ourselves should be the same. So this is what the word lust is. So he's saying all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, human nature, desire of a fallen humanity, a fallen human nature, the lust of the eyes, okay? So what the eyes see, and you go back to the Garden of Eden, and you had uh, Mrs. Adam there, we call her Eve, uh, she saw that the fruit was good to be, you know, and all these things, so the lust of her eyes to make one wise, you know, be careful about becoming an educated fool, you know what I mean? Be careful about getting the world's wisdom, neglecting God's wisdom, and being deceived by it and becoming an educated fool. So that's what he's saying. So that's why God's people should be giving themselves to studying the word of God and living as light and saving souls should be their number one cause on this earth. And then whatever they do in their business and their job, and we have to eat, we have to drink, we have to live in a house. We get that. There's, you got to, you know, our needs being met, we should be very content so that we can get on with the true business of being Christians in the world in which we live. It's really simple. But when we go after all the worldly knowledge, all we're doing is partaking of what fallen angels given to fallen men. And we're looking at the world's ways and the world's system and the world's money and the world's economy and the world's medical and the world's engineering and the world this and the world that. No, we are of a higher order. We're of the kingdom of God. And because we've neglected to press into the things of the kingdom, we're so smart in the things of the world, but we have no spiritual power to operate in the kingdom of God, which is a higher order of things. This is becoming an educated fool again. So, verse 16, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Oh, I know something. I've achieved something of the world's ways and the world's goods. It's nonsense. And he goes on to say, this is not of the Father. This is not of the Father. Father didn't put you on this earth and call you and choose you and send his son to die for you so that you could become a worldly man, that you could become a knowledgeable worldly man about the things of the world. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, when God wants things to advance technology and he has it from heaven, like getting light, I mean, light was good, right? Uh, you know, freezing your food. There's some really great stuff out there, but it all you, it either goes back to the glory of God or it's just something we learn about. Then in verse 17, 1 John 2.17, and the world passes away. I fear that I've offended some people already, and we just started the program, right? Because maybe some people are so caught up in this world that um, they're no heavenly good. But anyways, and the world passes away. And that's the message of John to the believers of his day. The world is passing away. And that phrase there, passing away, in the Greek is the parago. And that word means simply to lead near, to go along or away, depart. It's departing. Do you know that every order that has ever existed on the face of this earth in government, finance, whatever, has come and gone? And the one that we're in right now most certainly shall come and it shall go. Verse 17, the world, the cosmos, the orderly arrangement, the decoration of things as they are, is departing, it's passing away, and the lust thereof, all the desire that's connected to it, it's all going to pass away. 
But he that does the will of God abides forever. So what if you don't do the will of God? What if you're not involved in the will of God? What if you're involved in everything but the will of God? Maybe you're a gossip. Maybe you're telling everybody about somebody else. Maybe you're just a worldly person and you don't have the things of God in mind. You have the things of the world in mind. Maybe money is your God. Maybe money is your pursuit. Maybe you're a, a liar. Maybe you're, you know, whatever it is that people are. Here, John says, but he that does the will of God abides forever. So we must make sure as Christians we're doing the will of God, but we don't even know what the will of God is until we do the Romans 12 thing, which is offer our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and, you know, that you may know the will of God. I mean, Romans 12, I just happen to be here right now. I don't know how I got here, but Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when John says that he that does the will of God abides forever, well, the only way to know the will of God and to do the will of God is, number one, do what it says in the Bible, read it and obey it and do it, okay? Then you will live forever. You will abide forever. Uh, but he who hears the word of God and does not do it deceives himself. I mean, that's in the book of James, right? So we're to be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So he says here that to know the will of God, you've got to present your body a living sacrifice. You've got to lay your body down, your life down. Uh, it's our reasonable service. We have to be not conformed to the world, the cosmos, the decoration, the orderly thing, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind with the word of God and the Holy Spirit. This is what we should have been doing all along. Don't stop now, right? But here's the key. Here's what John says. Here's, here's the emphasis of his letter. Here's what he's saying to the people of God, you and I today. He's just telling them, listen, little children, verse 18, it is the last time. Now, for John's audience, it certainly was. The whole world of Judaism came to an end. 70 AD was coming upon them. The destruction of the temple, the scattering of the Jewish people at the ends of the earth for 1,900 years, right? Um, and I'm laying this very extensive you know, groundwork for where we're going today as we're getting ready to talk about the Khazarian Mafia at a much deeper level than what we have. We've simply given some outline about who the Khazarians are. We've awakened to it. Uh, it's going to go much deeper today, and we want to be prepared, okay? So my little children, or little children, such an affectionate term from the Apostle John, it is the last time, and it is the last time for you and I today. There's no doubt about it. This is dualistic. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, that's singular, Antichrist, and again, that is the Antichristos. And that just simply means the adversary of the Messiah, an opponent of the Messiah. All right? So we have an opponent coming, the Antichrist. It talks in the singular sense. And he said, 
And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now, at that time, are there many Antichrists, many opponents of Christ, of the Messiah. And so he goes, whereby we know that it is the last time. They knew it was the last time because Nero was in power, right? Uh, the, the Caesars of Rome, the Khazars, the Caesars, the Khazars. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But he's saying that there were many antichrists, many opponents of Christ. Nero was blaming the fires of Rome on the Christians. He lit up the streets with their bodies. He had the, he had the spirit of the antichrist. All right, and this was going on in their day. So 70 AD is kind of a preview of what we're looking at now in our generation as we come to the end of the end of the ages. Stay with me on these things and you'll do well, uh, whereby we know that it is the last time. We're talking about the Antichrist. We're talking about how there have been throughout the history of the world many Antichrists in type and shadow and, and glimmers, if you will, uh, from the Nero's of the world to the Epiphanes the fourth of the Syrian kingdom in the days of Daniel when he wrote about it. Uh, go back to Cain was an antichrist, an opponent of the things of God. Uh, you can go all the way back to the beginning of time and find throughout the history of the world that there have always been antichrists. But there is an antichrist that the Bible does talk about. We know him as the man of sin. We know him as the son of perdition. We know him as the little horn. We know him as the big mouth in Revelation 13, Daniel chapter 7. We know him as Lucifer. We know him as the one, the son of perdition, the son of destruction, the son of Apollyon, the son of misery and death. Everything prior to him he will embody, he is the one that is coming on this earth. And everything going on in this world, the Luciferian worshipers, the devil worshipers, the Satan worshipers, the priesthood of Satan that's on the earth, that's dressed up in suits and ties, rather than, you know, pitchforks, red capes, and, and you know, daggers in their hand. Um, this is a reality. Satan, the Antichrist, the stage is set. He's waiting in the wing. Everybody feels that. The dread reality of the Antichrist, who is going to fall onto this earth with rage, and he's going to begin to understand what his time is going to allow him to do. He's waiting in the wings, if you will, whether it's his fall from heaven to earth, whether he's somehow hidden in someone's living room, who knows. But what we are beginning to sense and discern is that there's a dread spirit in the world. There's something that is ready to make its appearance known. And we know that the great tribulation is all about that man of sin, that Lucifer, that son of perdition, that little horn, that horn of blasphemy, that opponent of Yeshua, and the opponent of everything that's connected to Yeshua, He's ready to come, and people are picking that up, and it's a global thing. It's not isolated, and so this is Antichrist. This is Antichrist. So who is laboring on his behalf today? Who is laboring? Well, the first part of this history that I want to get into 
is coming from a man that I heard about probably 30 years ago. Um, I heard this man, let me give you a little background to it. Um, when Patricia and I were married 30 years ago, okay, coming up on 30 years, we had been in, uh, we're getting coming on 30 years um, in October. When we were married and we began our ministry together and we started moving along, we were introduced to the things we talk much about today. And it came, excuse me, it came in different ways uh, when we were looking at a program about the Jekyll Island uh, banksters, the cabal that made their plan on Jekyll Island. We, we were introduced to that uh, and we studied it out. We were introduced to some other uh, videos and concepts until finally somebody put a book in our hand. It was called No Light, No Tunnel. You will not find it on the internet anywhere. There were only five copies of this book anywhere in the world. A friend of ours in California gave us this book. I don't know how he got it. I, he said there were only five copies. You could search it out today, the name of it, No Light, No Tunnel. Uh, it doesn't exist. But we read that book from cover to cover, and I gave it to somebody, and I don't know who I gave it to. If you, you're the one, please give it back. We'd love to have it again so I could share some of the information. But it talked about everything, and I mean everything, from the Illuminati, from the Club of Rome, from the Freemasonry. I mean, it was deep, and it got into the 13 family, the bloodlines. It was so deep into all these things. But I had a, an understanding, be innocent concerning what's evil. So I didn't get out there and start preaching it. I became aware of what was going on. And so we were introduced to all of this. It was almost at the same time when a man by the name of Dimitri Dudeman was on the 700 Club. We watched this. His grandson, Michael Boldea, was interpreting for Dimitri Dudeman, his grandfather. Ben Kinchlow was the host of that program. And Ben Kinchlow was asking this Romanian prophet who had been persecuted, put in prison, uh, persecuted, tortured. Um, now he's in America. His grandson, Michael Boldea, is being his interpreter. Ben Kinchlow was questioning Dimitri Dudeman about a lot of things. And then finally, he couldn't hold back anymore. He said, just tell us, what's going to happen to America? And on that program, on the 700 Club, Dimitri Dudeman said, America, the, story, the one I saw, he said, America will become a land of storms, a land of storms. There'll be one storm after another, one storm. In the times of the end of this nation, it's going to be just multiple storms that will hit the nation, one after the other. I'll never forget that. Well, he also was the man that wrote about uh, the attack against the United States with nuclear bombs, nuclear attacks. He talked about who would nuke the United States of America in its final days. And today, everything that man said is lining up in perfection. There's not even a little schism. Well, what about this? It's not there. It's in perfection. I'm telling you this for a reason. So we're living in the days where there are many antichrists, just as there have been 2,000 years ago from the beginning of time, but there's an antichrist, the antichrist, 
for the final end times, the end of the end of the ages, that is waiting in the wings. Whatever that means, his presence is near. His presence is near. And that kicks off some incredible stuff that's going to be going on in the atmosphere. Now, there are many antichrists that are already doing his bidding. There's a priesthood that's doing his bidding. His spirit, his mind, his soul, if he has one, is imparted to the people worshiping him already. They've had others rise to do his bidding, A.I.E., you know, Adolf Hitler's and uh, or, or, or whoever these antichrists were, all right? Opponents of Yeshua, opponents of the Messiah. Remember, Antichrist um, is an opponent of the Messiah, an opponent of the Messiah, and everything connected to Messiah. Yes, and I, I struggle with that because uh, what happened in Nazi Germany, uh, these were not Messianic Jews that were worshiping the father through his son. Uh, what happened in Nazi Germany was a little different. These were usually unbelieving Jews who, you know, kept to their own ways of doing things. And we're going to talk about it. And I, I want you to know that the information I'm about to share with you, um, you need to be judicial. You need to judge and don't hold your ears and don't just drink it in as truth immediately. Judge it. Weigh it, and always through the biblical lens, sift it. Sift it through the biblical lens. Um, so I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I've laid some groundwork uh, to the lovers of God, to the lovers of Jesus Christ. You need to know what time it is. Uh, remember First John chapter 2. Remember what we just read. And uh, keep it all in mind because you have an anointing. You have an anointing uh, to be able to stand in these evil, evil days, you have an unction. You have an unction. Praise God. All right. So here we go. I want to get into it just a little bit. Um, and I want to start with a man that you've probably heard. And um, hmm. Well, let's let's start here. Let's start here. I actually wanted to be somewhere else, but let me um, begin here. Okay, so okay, we don't want to be there. I want to get you the proper one, and I thank you for your patience. Um, All right, so let's begin, because this has more scientific information um, about this issue. We're going to be talking about the Khazarian Mafia again, and this has scientific, factual information from a Christian man who was a radio host for many, many, many years that uh, dove into a lot of this, this stuff, and this is his article. Okay, I want you to share with this is his article, and it's titled The DNA, DNA, Unearths Stunning Secret. Jews are Khazars. Okay, that's how this article begins. 
with a scripture in Revelation 2.9. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Once again, God's word proves to be correct, and men everywhere are confounded. Many Christians believed that the people who today claim to be Jews, descendants of Abraham, were exactly what they claimed. They told us they were the chosen, the apple of God's eye. They insisted that their ancestors, their founding fathers, had been given title to the land of Israel in the old covenant made over 5,000 years ago, and many believed them. They shouldn't have. Christians should have read their Bibles and believed what God says. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul warned us there to beware, in the Bible, he warned us there to beware of the foolishness of genealogies. He told us not to heed Jewish fables. He even made it clear that the old covenant had been replaced by the new covenant, which was Jesus himself. He stated that here we have no continuing city, that it was the heavenly Jerusalem to which the prophets and saints were looking toward. Yes, that was the promise God made to Abraham and to us, his children, the saints. As for those who claim to be Jews, who insist that they and their race alone are God's chosen and have the promise, Jesus did not mince words. He said twice in Revelation that these were not his people. They are liars, blasphemers, said our Lord and Savior. Again, Revelation 2.9, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And then in Revelation 3.9, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Hallelujah. Do you, dear saints, believe what Jesus Christ said? Do you believe the word of God? Do you have the promise given only to those of faith? Are ye of Christ? Then, says the scripture, regardless of your race, are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? That's in Galatians 4, 28 and 29. Yes, I believe. This is the indisputable word of God, and now science, DNA science, has confirmed its amazing truth. DNA science, the mathematics of God, has confirmed that Jesus was absolutely telling us the truth. Them which say they are Jews are not Jews, but are the synagogue of Satan. This fact that modern DNA science proves the word of God correct is the subject of this startling information. DNA science and the Jewish bloodline. This is information you have to have 
It proves absolutely that the people who identify themselves today as Jews are not Jews. They are the synagogue of Satan, just as the Bible says. So what does this DNA research reveal? The undeniable evidence of this has become clear with the advent of DNA research. In 2001, Dr. Aurelia Oppenheim and her team at Tel Aviv University released their study, which found that the Jews were mainly Khazars from Khazaria, a Caucasus country, which is now called Kazakhstan, Georgia, and other names. The Khazarians converted from pagan religions to Talmudic Judaism after the 8th century. But of course, racially, they remain Khazars. The Khazars were and are a genome that is mainly Turkish and Mongolian blood. Thus today, when you see a Jew, quote-unquote, what you are actually encountering is a Khazar who practices Judaism. The Khazar has no Israelite blood. His ancestors are not the Israelites of the Bible. They did not worship the God Jehovah, but instead literally were a phallic cult. They worshiped Satan by means of the male penis idol. The Khazars were never in the land of Israel. They are not the seed of Abraham. They have no promise from God. Now we know this as absolute scientific fact. In late 2012, yet another Israeli-born scientist, Dr. Iran El-Hayek, of the McCusick Nathans Institute of Genetic Science, John Hopkins Medical University, published his research in the Journal of Biology and Evolution. Considered by geneticists worldwide as the definitive study and peer-approved, this authoritative research confirmed Dr. Oppenheim's earlier findings and went even further. Quote, there are no blood of family connections among the Jews, reported Dr. El-Hayek. The various groups of Jews in the world today do not share a common genetic origin. Their genome is largely Khazar. Whatever Israelite blood the Khazar Jews have, added Dr. El-Hayek, is minuscule. Like Dr. Oppenheim, Il Hayek's research connected today's Jews to the Turkic clans of Khazaria in the Russian Caucasus. The facts are, here's the facts, scientific DNA facts. Israel and America are populated by people saying they are Jews who are not Jews. They are Khazarians. When Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu claims God gave this land to our Israelite forefathers, he is not telling the truth. When today's Khazar Jews say they possess the land of Israel as a divine right, they are sadly mistaken. Indeed, 
El Hayek and Oppenheim found that the Palestinian people may have more Israelite blood coursing through their veins than do the people who say they are Jews. A DNA test would no doubt confirm this eye-popping fact. Now, the Christian evangelicals have been duped. If only they had read and believed Jesus Christ, he told them what to look for in Revelation 2.9 and 3.9. He said that those who claim to be Jews are not Jews, but are blasphemers and the synagogue of Satan. The Khazars are not Jews, but they do practice Judaism. Like the Jews, their Babylonian Talmud and Kabbalah are satanic books which they insist are greater than the Torah and the Holy Bible. These heinous texts brand Jesus, listen, this is in the text, this is true, they brand Jesus a magician, liar, and a bastard burning in hell today. These texts admonish Jews to kill the best of the Christians who it is claimed are idolaters. Is this not blasphemy? Does this not prove the Bible is telling you and me the absolute truth? The Khazars despise and persecute Christians. They are indeed the synagogue of Satan. DNA science and the Jewish bloodline examine the Khazars, including the story of how they converted to Judaism. Evidence, all the evidence of the DNA studies, Dr. El Hayek and Dr. Oppenheim and other famous genetics researchers tell the truth. There's also an understanding and research of top Israeli and Jewish Khazar historian Arthur Kostler, whose book, The 13th Tribe, is a classic and Shlomo Sand, history professor at Tel Aviv University, whose recent scholarly book, The Invention of the Jewish People, was a New York Times bestseller. So there's a lot more information. You will even read what Dr. Benjamin Friedman wrote about the Khazars and the Jews back in the 1950s in his well-known treatise, Facts Are Facts. So, best of all, DNA science in the Jewish bloodline explores the utter truth of God's word. What did Jesus and the apostles have to say about this vital issue? Paul, the apostle, for instance, who told us to pay no attention whatsoever to foolish genealogies, but only to the cross of Jesus, he says, Paul, he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is the outward in the flesh. So through inspiration of God, Paul wrote an epistle telling us that all Jew and Gentile who have faith in Jesus are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So this is getting down to faith. That, dear friends, is an indisputable fact that the world's greatest mathematicians and scientists cannot deny. It is the answer to every Christian who, reading the pages of DNA, science, and the Jewish bloodline, asks if the Khazars are the Jews are there really any Jews in the world today? The Bible says if you belong to Jesus, your race or ethnic origin is of no consequence whatsoever. 
You are born again. You are a new person in Christ. We know the Bible means what it says. Now everything changes. All right, so this article that I just shared with you came from a man by the name of Tex Mars. And I'm sure that people have heard of Tex Mars. Tex Mars did a lot of introspection into all of these different things, but he's not alone. Let's look at the Kazarian Mafia a little bit more in detail. All right, so I'm going to give you an article again about the Kazarian Mafia, and they are known as the most ruthless enemy of humanity. And I want to give you an editor's note, okay, the editor's note to this article. It is impossible to understand the ongoing controlled demolition of the American Republic without knowing about the Khazarian Mafia. Only by correctly comprehending the sheer depth and breadth of the international criminal conspiracy carried out and covered up by the Khazarian Mafia can we, the people, begin to defeat it. Therefore, the following excellent expose is provided to give but only a glimpse into the history of the utterly satanic new world order being foisted on the world community of nations by the globalist cabal. For it is the Khazarian Mafia and their Talmudic predecessors who now rule planet Earth, as they have for millennia, between five and six, via a worldwide tyranny of terror. All right, so State of the Nation, February 13th, 2021, required reading. Here we go. So there's going to be just a number of facts here, a number of statements made by different individuals. Nothing changes until those who secretly rule the U.S. are prosecuted for 9-11, JFK, Oklahoma City bombing, 5G, 5G towers, chemtrails, vaccines, COVID-19, Kazarians then, Kazarians now. So what this is saying, that all these different things that are going on have been carried out by the Kazarian Mafia. Now, Preston James, who is a PhD of Veterans Today, this is the article. It is a well-established historical fact that Khazaria was destroyed by both Russia and Persia, now Iran, in approximately 1250 A.D., and with good reason. Many years of prior very stern warnings had been given by Russia and Persia with no changes by the Khazarians. You'll, you'll be familiar with this because this is part of the information we read last week. The reason for this final destruction of the kingdom of the Khazaria was that its rulers and its people ignored these warnings that were made jointly by Russia and Persia. Russia and Persia had reportedly instructed Khazarian leadership that Khazaria, as a nation and people, had to change from its evil, inhuman ways and stop parasitizing or parasitizing its neighbors or suffer complete destruction. Khazarians were known by those living in bordering countries to generally be liars, deceivers, cons, 
robbers, road warriors, rapists, pedophiles, murderers, identity thieves, and social parasites of the worst variety. Sounds like our modern leadership today. And to make matters worse, their ruler king, Bulan, B-U-L-A-N, did nothing to reverse this because he too was like them. When Khazaria was finally destroyed in about 1250 AD by Russia and Persia, it had been literally terrorizing, robbing, murdering, and parasitizing neighbors and travelers for over 500 years. So now you get the, this picture of the Khazars. They had been warned by Russia. In fact, we're going to see here that they were supposed to have taken on one of the three Abrahamic religions, whether it was Islam, Christianity, or Judaism, and they took on Judaism. That's why they call themselves Jews and are not. All right, so stay with the, stay with the storyline here. Now, these endemic Khazarian criminal behaviors were institutionally supported by their leaders and by the Khazarian culture. There was no rule of law in Khazaria, only the rule of manipulation, sociopathy, might, violence, and evil. Khazarians had repeatedly preyed on travelers at their borders or anyone who tried to travel through Khazaria. Traveling in or near or through Khazaria was usually a fatal mistake. Women were often raped and then murdered afterward or, if young enough, taken as sex slaves. Khazaria was known by other surrounding nations as a lawless, evil nation that allowed the worst crimes against neighbors and travelers imaginable. Khazaria was known as the epitome of selfishness and evil from the king all the way down to the average citizen. It is now known for certain from peer-reviewed genetic studies done at John Hopkins that Khazarians carry absolutely no ancient Hebrew blood and are not Semites at all and never were. Khazarian's origin is believed to have been hybridization between Turks and Mongols with absolutely no genetic ties to the ancient Hebrews. It is truly interesting that these Khazarians have absolutely no ancient Hebrew blood at all. None although their leaders usually claim to carry ancient Hebrew blood and to be Semites when they are not Semites at all and have absolutely no ancestral rights to any land in the Middle East. About 80% of the Palestinians carry ancient Hebrew blood and thus are true Semites and hold an unbanded absolute ancestral right to all of Palestine despite any Khazarian claims, which are all based on lies and political intrigue. Wow. So thus it is fair to claim that the Israelis are not only not Semites at all, but are the biggest anti-Semites in the whole world for their massive land theft of Palestinian land and genocide against Palestinians. And despite this stark reality, Top Khazarians immediately accuse anyone that criticizes them or Israel of being anti-Semites, an obvious fallacy. Do you realize this is 
another part of history that has been buried. Remember we talked about it last week? They tried to eradicate this history, and yet it's coming out in the open in this time. And what would that actually mean? It would reverse and change everything, right? Well, we have to be students. We have to admit that even the elect of God can be deceived. So we have to be very judicial right now. We have to weigh historical data, DNA, scientific fact. We have to understand who these Khazars are, the Caesars of Rome, the Khazars. We're going to get to that. Very, very interesting. It is now becoming obvious to many that Israel is a deeply racist Khazarian state that is continuing the same antisocial criminal patterns that led to its destruction around 1250 AD. The site of the Khazar fortress at Sarkel, sacked by Sviatoslav in 965, Okay, is a, there's a little picture here of it in the, in the study. Why did Russia and Persia destroy Khazaria in about 1250 AD? Why did they do it? Well, we heard a little bit about it. Here we go. The Russian and Persian leaders had enough. In about 750 AD, Khazaria's king, Bulan, was given an ultimatum jointly by both Russia and Persia that he had to select one of the three Abrahamic religions to clean up the Khazarian people. Khazarians at the time were known by those living in bordering countries to generally, and this is all part of this repeating a little bit, to be liars, deceivers, cons, robbers, road warriors, murderers, identity thieves, and social parasites of the worst variety. And to make matters worse, their ruler did nothing to reverse this because he too was like them. So they repeatedly preyed on travelers at their borders or anyone who tried to travel through Khazaria. Now, let's get into deeper part. When the problem reached epic proportions and could no longer be accepted by the surrounding nations and peoples, the Russian and Persian leaders formed a coalition and delivered a stern ultimatum to the Khazarian king, Bulan. The ultimatum was that Khazaria, as a nation, had to immediately change in its ways. And to do this, King Bulan must select one of the three Abrahamic religions and institute as the official required Khazarian state religion. All right. So King Bulan was told in no, so, no uncertain terms that the religion chosen must be indoctrinated in all Khazarians to serve as rules of conduct and as a basis for integrity and ethics that were previously completely absent. King Bulan agreed and selected Torah Judaism as Khazaria's official religion. This worked somewhat for a while, but soon Khazarians were drifting back to their old ways of national banditry, murder, gross parasitism of others from surrounding nations. Instead of working to establish morals and ethics in his nation by making a serious attempt to practice Torah Judaism, King Bulan and his top staff actually were inducted into the black arts and black magic of Babylonian Talmudism, better known as Baal worship or Satanism. Externally, this looks a lot like Torah Judaism and can be used as a false cover, which it was. 
All right. So remember last week as we were talking, and I don't know why these articles go over and over again, maybe to let us become aware of the kind of people they were. The thing that stands out isn't all their gross acts. It's their false identity. And that's why Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, why is she so mysterious? She changes her identity. Where was she then? Where is she now? Well, we're going to get into it. So the reason this choice by King Bulan failed to become a permanent solution to the Khazarian mass sociopathy was that he himself never really accepted or practiced only Orthodox Torah Judaism and merely displayed a phony outward appearance of such. Instead, he learned the black arts of Babylonian Talmudism, practiced the secret occult rites of satanic demonology to gain more power, wealth, and status. King Bulan's secret worship of Babylonian Talmudism, which is Baal worship and Satanism, was well disguised by his phony outward presentation of Orthodox Torah Judaism as cover. His heart was not in setting an example and leading his people away from the cultural sociopathy, inhumanity, and criminality Kazaria had become known for. At first, when the ultimatum was delivered jointly by Russia and Persia, the Kazarians backed off somewhat from their ways for a while, fearing destruction. But their culture remained the same. Their old ways of abusing, robbing, murdering neighbors started back up again this time even worse than before. Finally, in about 1250 AD, the situation became completely unacceptable to both Russia and Persia, and they jointly decided to invade Khazaria and destroy it top to bottom. The current king and his court were warned by his spies, and the top Khazarian nobility was able to flee with their great wealth of silver and gold before the invasion and destruction of Khazaria. It is hard to know all the details about where the Khazarian royalty went, but it appears that they continued practicing the black magic occult arts of Babylonian Talmudism and migrated to Italy and other Western European nations. Khazarian history has been carefully excised from most libraries in the Western world, and one must dig to find it. Fortunately, Solzhenitsyn documented a fair amount of Khazarian history before he died. And we're talking about Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The truth about King Bulan and Khazaria's destruction by Russia and Persia for its unrepented evil is a closely guarded Khazarian secret even today and Khazarian leaders greatly feared the disclosure of this to the masses. These Khazarian royals who specialized in Babylonian Talmudic Satanism participated in child sacrifice because they believed it would provide them with more and more satanic powers. The altars of idolatry through abortion. Abortion is a satanic practice, and it affords power and energy from the demonic spirits And that's why abortion that runs rampant in this world, 90 million abortions in America was not a political issue. It's a satanic issue. And all the blood that is shed upon the altars of idolatry obviously is uh, an energizing of the demonic and satanic power granted. And then, of course, the pedophilia, 
and all of the ritualistic satanic abuse of minors is used uh, to further their personal uh, uh, mass egotistical ways and power uh, by eating the hearts of little babies, drinking their blood, terrorizing them. These things are hidden from society, but they're beginning to come out and they are gross and they are terrorizing and terrifying, um, but it is a reality and this truth is coming out. I'm going to continue a little bit more in this particular article. Pretty bizarre stuff, isn't it? And remember from last week, we were reading about the Khazarian Mafia, what's going on in Ukraine right now. These, and it may come up in this article right now, but the Khazars swore vengeance on Russia and on Persia, Iran, and some other places. They swore revenge. Right now, the demonization of Russia in the news media, because the Khazarian Mafia owns all news media outlets, so the demonization of Russia, the false images that are coming out everywhere, you can't even have a good old-fashioned war and have it reported on in truth. They're exposing the false imagery, the demonization of Russia. The modern-day Khazars, the Caesars, the modern-day Khazars are still in power. They've just shifted their identity from where they were a long time ago. They've established themselves in other places, and they're in power today, and this is where we're going. So hold on. These top Khazarians became known as the world's greatest imposters, usually hiding in other groups by claiming to be part of that group's genetic and cultural heritage. Eventually, these Khazarian royals became adept at Babylonian Talmudic money magic, that is, making money from nothing by the use of pernicious usury. They often assumed the identity of Judaics and claimed to have ancient Hebrew blood when they had none and only carried Khazarian blood. Soon they became the Vatican's bankers and were known as Hof Juden or court Jews by the various kings, queens, and royalty of the European nations. They were easily accepted by the old black European nobility families that hijacked the Vatican, who also practiced Babylonian Talmudism and gained power from the satanic dark side using secret child sacrifice. Cutouts and tools will only be sad when they are swept away. Will anyone be sad, uh, sad when they are swept away? So the Khazarians became accepted as cutouts and tools of the old black European nobility who were also Satanists practicing black magic occult rituals. But it is clear that these Khazarians were easily accepted by the old black nobility because they worship Satan just like they and share in the secret black arts and occult rituals such as child sacrifice. Soon the Khazarians bred their way into the British royal families and other European royal families. These top Khazarian leaders became known for their expertise in political intrigue, human compromise, and blackmail, as well as the administration of hypnotic drugs and special poisons 
to create deaths and appear to be due to medical conditions. So as I'm reading this, it becomes obvious, right? It becomes just clear that the book of Revelation by their sorceries were all nations deceived. Do you ever wonder why America has such a bad drug problem? Why they never got rid of the crystal meth and, and the heroin and the, uh, you know, all the different drugs from cocaine? By their sorceries were all nations deceived. If you want to take over a nation, what do you do? You get everybody stoned. You want to control the black population, you send heroin into Harlem. You want to control people, it's drugs, drugs, drugs. Pharmacia drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, antidepressants, drugs, 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 drugs. Stop the voices in my head. Let me rest on my bed. Uh, it's all drugs, 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 drugs. And we're going to find out who's behind the drugs. Satan. But who's controlling it in the world in which we live? They gained control over the city of London when Napoleon was defeated and proceeded to eventually gain control over all Western world monetary creation distribution systems, which were all set up as private fiat systems with pernicious usury. These top Khazarian black magic occult masters hijacked the American monetary creation and distribution system by setting up their own private so-called banking system, the Federal Reserve System in 1913. This was done by using sophisticated bribery, blackmail, and human compromise schemes to gain enough votes in Congress and the president's support to pass this clearly illegal, unconstitutional aberration, the greatest financial crime in history, Khazarian kingpins established a beachhead in America. So the Khazarians came to America, 1913. Once the Khazarian kingpins established a beachhead in America, they were able to buy up, bribe, or human compromise almost all elected and appointed United States government officials. Those that didn't comply were sidelined or driven out by supporting competitors chosen by the Khazarian kingpins. Soon, all the American political, governmental, corporate, law enforcement, military, and intel systems were hijacked using the same methods. This has allowed the Khazarian kingpins to parasitize America which in practice means making serfs and wage slaves out of most Americans with little recourse. America was then transformed into the Khazarian kingpin's tool to parasitize the rest of the whole world. And so well described by John Perkins in his classic book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, the Khazarian kingpin's motto, buy everyone if possible, otherwise sidetrack them, or kill them. Money creation and distribution systems were hijacked by the Khazarian kingpins called the money changers in every Western nation of the world. The Islamic nations refused to set up banking systems with pernicious usury, and that is why Islamic nations have been targeted for destruction by the Khazarian leaders ever since, i.e. 9-11-2001. Could it be true? that they demonized the Muslim world and went on a global world war of terror because the Bush family is connected to the Khazarian mafia? I don't know. Let's keep reading. Let's see. 
The United States government is now being used to provoke any nation like Russia and China and some Mideast nations that refuse to let the Khazarians run their banking. Khazarian kingpins are called the leaders of the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia because that is what it is, a Khazarian Mafia run by the Rothschild family banksters who have been alleged to be high satanic masters. Conclusion of this article. History documents what the Khazarians were as a people back in the period of 750 AD to 1250 AD before Russia and Persia destroyed Khazaria for their unprecedented and unimaginably evil ways. Their rulers and their people in general were bad to the bone, suggesting that criminal psychopathology was institutional and culturally based. Others have claimed it is genetic too, but this remains to be studied scientifically. When King Bulan claimed to have selected Judaism for his own and as Khazaria's official state religion, he lied and promoted only an outward phony appearance of such while encouraging satanic black magic practices and unimaginably evil occult rituals such as pedophilia and child sacrifice and blood drinking. The question needs to be asked and answered. After well over 1,400 years, have the Khazarian bloodlines and their leaders changed their ways at all? Are they still a bandit race of hijackers, impersonators, deceivers, cheaters, thugs, and murderers? Obviously, their top leaders have not changed at all and are in fact worse because now they have destroyed whole nations and peoples at will, using the American military as cannon fodder to commit genocide by war. Or have only their top kingpins and their chosen Khazarians undeservedly placed in top positions have remained so unimaginably evil and inhumane? Since Khazaria was destroyed in about 1250 AD, over 150 nations have booted out the Khazarians for their evil ways. Now, because of the internet, there is a growing awareness that the top Khazarians are anti-human thieves, mass murderers, deceivers, and parasites upon the whole world. The boycott, divest, sanction movements is evident of this growing awareness. It looks like soon the whole world will repeat the actions of Russia and Persia in dealing with the Khazarians. Yes, the whole world is getting informed fast about the, this Khazarian problem. The world's biggest problem and has just about had enough of the Khazarians' abuse and inhumanity. It's almost a certainty that the Khazarian city of London, private Rothschild fiat world banking system is going to soon be eliminated in the coming months. This alone will decapitate the Khazarian command and control and power base worldwide. Doubt this, then do some basic research on the BRICS, AIIB, Silk Road System, Shanghai Gold Exchange, and the recent erosion of the U.S. petrodollar system with Saudi Arabia accepting currencies beside the U.S. dollar. Khazarian kingpins always hold their timeless intergenerational grudge. The Bolshevik Revolution was revenge against Russia for its destruction of Khazaria in about 12 AD. Approximately 80% of the Bolsheviks were godless Khazarians who raped, pillaged, tortured, and murdered over 100 million non-Khazarian Russian citizens. 
This, these Bolsheviks did the same thing to Germans when they entered East Germany at the end of World War II. It is a fact that Bolshevism was Khazarianism in disguise, same for Maoism. America has been infiltrated and hijacked by the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia, which is dead set on destroying the Christian and deist heritage of our founding fathers, along with our economy, borders, language, cultural, sex roles, and marriage. Khazarian, Khazarians have been the destroyers of society and everything that occurs naturally. That is the natural order of things. Unless Americans and citizens of the world wake up and displace these Khazarian kingpins from their highest positions of control that they obtained by hijacking, bribery, blackmail, and human compromise or murder, America is doomed, and so is the whole world. You're going to hear a lot more information. As I said at the beginning of the broadcast, it's not in my nature to go into these things and be curious. It's a calling at this moment to expose. And this information that has been brought up, obviously, is it true or is it not true? Are we to stay with the status quo that in 1948 the Jewish people returned from all over the world and they became a nation, thus fulfilling Bible prophecy of the fig tree putting forth its branches again? This is all the information we've been told, we've reiterated, we've taught, we've believed. Is that the truth? And are we the final generation? To witness these things because we are that generation. Because if what we're reading is true right now, that would mean that the state of Israel is a proxy state of the Khazarians. Are there Jewish people there? Is there an Israeli heritage and a Hebrew heritage there? Yes, because there are many Palestinians there. The division is coming to separate the Palestinians and the Jewish people, quote-unquote. You know what it sounds like? Someone has been so rich in their deception, for the most part, people just don't know the truth. So we look at history. Why do we believe what they've told us? Because there was no contradiction until now. So is the contradiction the truth or is it to upset the truth? For Christians around the world, people who are born again, I would imagine to many of us it really doesn't matter because we belong to a new order of things. Thank you for that, Patricia Joy. But should we be ignorant? Because most Christians are preaching, as I have done myself, and may still continue to do, that Israel today is a phenomenal success of God Almighty to bring the Jews from all over the world in 1948 
for the United Nations to ratify documentation to bring them back. And all the Jewish people came back. Or was it, and could it be, such a deep, satanic, ruler of the world deception to have created a nation just like they create money out of thin air, to create something, to be a base, to throw off so many different things and to promote different ideas. Well, I guess time will tell. Um out of history, I have a little bit more information. I, thought, I like this information because, again, this could be searched out. This is known as the brief history of the Khazarian Mafia. And here is just some, just some facts out there. <clears throat> you know what it's kind of starting to feel like? <clears throat> Have you ever been going along, minding your business, living your life, thinking you have a faithful spouse, thinking that you have really close friends or the people that you're with are genuine, and all of a sudden, a realization begins to dawn. My spouse has been committing adultery. My friends aren't really my friends. They were liars. And all of a sudden, that sense of (coughs) fear, revelation, understanding of something really bad begins to dawn. The possibility of that happening right now, either... People can't handle the truth and don't want to be awakened because they don't want to have to deal with that. So they'll just ignore and say, well, nobody knows. You know, why are we even talking about this? And just keep things as they are, the way that they presented them to us. See, anything outside the Bible is possibly a lie. And when you talk about these antichrists and satanic worshipers getting direct information from Lucifer himself, from Satan, the devil himself, and he's instructing them to do through, he's the God of this world. He deceives the whole world, the Bible says in the book of Revelation. He deceives the whole world. And even the very elect of God can be deceived. So where is it critical that we are not deceived Because if there's a deception that can rob us of our salvation, the devil would would release that. So deception is just not a good thing. So here's a little history. And I like this. It says, unplugging from the matrix starts here. Unplugging from the matrix. 1855, ISIS formed by... Sanusi family linked to the UK royals, the Khazarians. So the UK royals are the Khazarians, and ISIS was formed by the, uh, the, the Sanusi family linked to the UK royals. 1861, merged with 322 skull and bones, Khazarians. Skull and bones were Khazarians. George Bush was a Khazarian. 
or a skull and bones. Um, 19, eight, from 1870 to 1930, Big Pharma, controlled by the Khazarians. 1871, the Act of England, the secret constitution placed by secret societies, the Khazarians. Who was on board? What really happened in 1912? The Titanic sinking, the Titanic Olympic sinking. Those who opposed the Federal Reserve were on board and were killed. Was it really an iceberg? 1913, the Federal Reserve. 1917, the Balfour Declaration was a public statement issued by the British government. 1917, during the First World War by the Rothschilds Khazarians. 1940, the McDonald's were the Khazarians. 1945 to 1959, Operation Paperclip, or Mockingbird, was Khazarians. 1948, Israel formed Khazarian Bolshevik government. 1947, CIA formed Khazarians. 1949, Mossad formed Khazarians. 1963, JFK, I will splinter this CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it into the winds. He was killed. Khazarians, 1967, Operation Mockingbird exposed. All European royal families have Khazarian origin. From 100 to 800 AD, an incredibly evil society emerges in Khazaria. 800 AD, the ultimatum is delivered by Russia and other surrounding nations. And it goes on into 1200 AD, Russia and the surrounding nations have had enough and take action. And then we have the Khazarian civilization worship Lucifer and Baal. They were located around Russia and Ukraine. They told everybody they were Jewish in order to avoid the outcry of them being of Lucifer. They were called the Bolsheviks around the turn of the century. The Bolshevik revolution killed, murdered around 100 million or more. Now, these same fake Jewish Bolsheviks went to Israel when it formed. When it formed, they went. That's important to note. So maybe there's a mixture of truth. There was a lot of stuff in the news at the time because Russia had a strict you cannot leave Russia thing going on. These Bolsheviks, Zionists, fake Jews joined others like the Rothschilds, Illuminati in Israel, Mossad. At the time, Russia controlled the Mossad. Anyway, all you hear nowadays is anti-Semitism, this anti-Semitism, this, etc., etc. It is never ending. Hmm, have you ever heard of those who cry the loudest, have something to hide? Bloodlines of the Illuminati, politicians, Hollywood, corporations, demon crats, uh, demon crats, justice system, etc., etc., secret societies of Baal, Moloch, etc., all under Lucifer, all have been controlling earth and humanity for thousands of years since the days of ancient Sumeria and the Anunnaki tribes. Just another look at it. There's more. There's so much more. There's so much more. The call to stop resisting. That's where I'm going to leave that information right now. Um, I have something for you, and I, and I won't go into detail on it, but let me bring this out. I should have had it all ready to go earlier. But... 
I want to put up on the screen right now, which means I'm going to have to get over here. And um, I want to go to, oh, Father God. Thank you, Lord. So let me get to, oops. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being patient. Now I'm going to get to this for just a reason here. I want to put a number on the screen right now for creating a banner here. And what I'd like to do, and I'll explain this in just a moment. So I need to, uh, run it on the screen so we could see. And all right. So this is a blessing, a real blessing for anybody out there that may need prayer. All right. So I want to bring that out onto the screen and I'm going to put it up there now. So here you have in front of you a phone number. And what had happened was an individual uh, came to us who's an intercessor and loves to pray, is praying all the time, and, and wanted to bless this ministry by offering a gift. And the gift is for prayer. Um, it's something that we haven't done before. Um, people that are listening to this broadcast, you know, we're, we're all looking at some of this information, and, you know, that's, that's interesting. And we're going to find our way of truth, we will, by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit. But there are people that are struggling in their lives. Uh, There are people that are going through major crises in their lives, personally, inwardly, maybe struggling with sin, maybe struggling with addictions, maybe, maybe struggling in their emotions, their soul realm, their thought life. A situation has arisen. They're afraid. They don't know what to do. There's a number there for you to call. Uh, We're not going to disclose who it is that's answering the phone. Um, This may actually, you know, broaden itself a little bit. But if you need prayer today, you make sure you call this number, 479-233-3774. Or text that number and leave your phone number in a brief description of what you'd like to talk about. Um, and I, that's something that, again, this was presented, and I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that God wants done. Um, obviously, you know, we're pastors at New Wine Ministries, and so we don't need people from New Wine Ministry calling that number. We're available to our church. This is for people that maybe you haven't been to church. Maybe you don't have a pastor. Maybe um, you just need prayer. And, of course, there may be some silly stuff going on once in a while. I would hope not. But I would pray that very sincere uh, people that need help and need prayer would take advantage of this in a good way. And uh, I'm sure there will be good discernment and um, others will be assisting at this with this at, at certain times. So having said that, I want to keep that alive right now. I want to go back to our comments. I want to say who's saying hello today. Um, right now we have the world of nobody. I believe that's Terry saying good morning. Carol Page is saying good morning. Saints, good day to be alive in Christ. Amen. Pastor Denny Sossaman, uh, the will of God cannot be done if truth offends you. Just repeating the word. 
That's right. Truth could be very offensive, no doubt. Uh, Cindy Messman, good morning. Good morning. Trent Sawyer, boom today. All right. Whoever Trent Sawyer may be, we'll find out. Shirley Wolseley is with us this morning. Good morning, Shirley. Melissa Fletcher, good morning, church. Good morning, Pastor Melissa. Uh, Terry says, I believe God's word is true. Promise made to Ephraim and Manessa will be the greatest people. Other a great company of people, USA, UK, are the fulfillment of the prophecy descendants to the 10. Okay, not sure. I, I think I understand that. Uh, we'll look into that. Brett Weiner, a uh, whole load of shocking going on. A whole lot of shaking going on, Brett. That's right. Let go of what is not godly and you'll be all right. Amen to that. That's where I settle all these things. Uh, we have somebody here, so I can't even pronounce that, but hello from Prata Orkichkanakoba. Kevin Hauger saying good morning. Pastor Melissa said amen. Uh, so right, Pastor, says Terry, our republic has been subjugated to whims of Khazarian money leaders, a.k.a. Nazis today, like Putin, uh, said uh, denazify. That's what America needs, just like video JFK to 9-11. It's a rich man's world. Okay. Uh, Sandra Matlow, I've been trying to tell every one of my friends that Jesus is coming back soon, but no one believes me. They don't want to hear it. Don't be dismayed. Keep on preaching the good news. Uh, world of nobody. Okay, so let's see. There's something else here. I've got to get down to the bottom. Uh, learn campus. I don't know why that happens. It's really strange. Uh, trick now, America became Nazified. Foe. Uh, learn more. Got to see more. There it is. All right. So let's go. Okay. So for some reason, it's not letting me get all the way down to read the rest of the comments. Uh, learn more. Can't do that now. Let's go down. Da, 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 da. All right. So um, I can't get any more comments in there. We've heard a lot today. I'm going to wait for your calls to come in. I'm going to open the telephone line right now. The number to call is 818-369-0326. You can call into that program right now if you have a question or a comment. I'm going to put that number on the board. Make sure you write down the number that you have. Uh, but right now, 818-369-0326. What are your thoughts about it? Uh, you know, this, this seems to have struck a nerve. What are your thoughts about what we have shared today? What are your, what are your thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we don't want to get curious. Uh, we don't want to just get involved in, in things. But if it's true that Mystery Babylon is indicative of the Khazarian Mafia, and the Khazarian Mafia is the world rulers today cloaked in deception and lies and all of that, which isn't hard to believe, what does it mean to Christians? What does it mean to us? Stay the course, right? Absolutely. Any thoughts? Waiting for your call. This is your time to voice your understanding, your question, a comment, 818-369-0326. What does this have to do with the Ukraine? What does it have to do with Russia? I get the eerie kind of feeling sometimes that things are darker than usual, I got a call coming in just in the nick of time. Let me take this call coming in from area code 219. I believe this is our dear friend, Brother Don Huddle. Good morning, Don. God bless you, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. What's going on? What do you think? God bless you too, Pastor. 
you know, as you were talking about Gessarian uh, Jews, I started to think about Hitler. I wonder if that's what Hitler was trying to do by exterminating those people. What do you think? Well, I thought the same thing. Um, you know, there's been a, a demonization against him, against the Jews, and it brought an outcry. Um, but if they were the Khazarians that he was dealing with, and uh, I don't know, it's a great question. If it was the Khazarians, then he was only doing what Russia had done to stop them from doing what they were doing. Uh, we just don't have that history yet. Very interesting, though. Yeah. Let me think about that. So talk to us. What else is happening? What do you? What's your intel with going on? Uh, the convoy in D.C. The news media has completely blocked that out. Um, the images that we're seeing on television seem to be false images about what's going on in Ukraine. Um, there's so much deception right now and propaganda. What are you sensing? Well, it is. It's like a blizzard of deception. You know, you <laughs> you, you get to a point where. Uh, there's a few basic things I think you can believe. Uh, number one, uh, I got to tell you, I, I I don't like war. I hate war. But uh, war accomplishes a lot of things. Unfortunately, that's, that's just history. And uh, I I really believe that all Putin is trying to do is to protect Russia. I really believe that. As a matter of fact, uh, when he first, just before he went in, hours before he went in, uh, he contacted Zelensky and he told him, uh, there's a few things that I want here and I won't invade. And he said, number one, I want you not to join NATO. And number two, I don't. I want security guarantees that there will be no missiles placed in the Ukraine, no U.S. missiles, uh, which is perfectly understandable because in '63 we got into a Russia over the same same thing. It's called the Cuban Missile Crisis, and Putin even brought that up to the Zelensky. He said, "You didn't want us to put missiles in Cuba to hit the United States." Well, we don't, and, and you're going to invade Cuba and go to World War uh, III uh, with us, nuclear war. We've come that close, I think, for 10 days. You know, it was looking pretty bad. And uh, so now we don't want missiles five minutes away from Moscow. And uh, that's what you're going to do. So we want some security guarantees. And... Uh, he was shut down. He said, no, we're not going to give you anything. We're not going to give you any security guarantees. We're not going to... Matter of fact, uh, we're, we're going to join NATO. NATO's going to, uh, to accept us. Uh, at, the, at the time, they're classified an, an aspiring NATO nation. But uh, NATO wasn't quite ready to take that step to take them in because they knew they would get into it with Russia big time, which they have now. And... Uh, so uh, and of course the uh, the, the two breakaway uh, districts of uh, the Donbass regions of uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, they wanted to be independent. So uh, 
Putin says if you guarantee that, guarantee that you know you're not going you're going to quit bombing these people and mess with them because they want to be part of Russia, want to be independent, then we won't invade you. So, uh, so Zelensky uh, contacted uh, Washington and the UK British government and told them about the uh, proclamation. I guess he had four hours to decide. And uh, both countries told him to ignore the deadline. So he did. And two hours after the four-hour uh, time limit, he got invaded. Uh, and where did they go? They went to Luhansk and Donetsk and tried to secure them. Well, the, UK, the Ukrainian army just started bombing and, and uh, mortaring uh, the cities even worse. And uh, Putin told them to knock it off. We could end it right here. We just want you to quit picking on these two districts. And uh, they wouldn't do it. They wanted war. And see, that's the thing of this whole thing. Uh, they want war. Uh, Washington wants war with Russia. And I don't care how you slice it. That's what they want. That's what the Pentagon wants. And uh, I think it's plain to see that NATO, and especially Washington utilizing NATO, wants to destroy Russia. And Putin knows that. So it's like, you know, you, you back a wolf into the corner and uh, he's going to fight you because you got him in the corner. There's nothing else he can do to preserve himself. And I believe that that's all that uh, Putin has done from the very beginning. As far as the ugliness of it, well, that's war. I'm sorry. That's, people die and that's just the way that it is. It's always been that way. And there's a lot of, th- a lot of things inside there now. Uh, like that Azov uh, Nazi regiment uh, around Mariupol, which is what their basically Russian army is flattening that same place right right now. After they told the citizens to get out, and this uh, Nazi regiment, I believe there's about a thousand stationed there in Mariupol. They're actually mining the escape routes of the refugees trying to make, make make it look like Russia's blowing those people up. Well, Russia guaranteed them safe haven out. All they have to do is flee. But uh, naturally, you get these uh, these, prob- uh, these uh, Nazis and, and there's a lot of other really bad characters, bad players in uh, fighting. Well, this is a lot of the reason why Putin even wanted to go in there and just say, okay, we're just going to clean up this whole mess. And uh, it turned into war, and naturally it was bound to turn into war. But then again, uh, you know, the Ukrainians referred to it as the armpit of Europe. It's full of really bad people. I mean, it's got good people, I mean, but the people are in control. Uh, you, you mentioned some of them, the Khazars. Uh, there's a lot of really bad people in there, and uh Putin, uh, Putin's army has uncovered, uh, what was it, 20, 30 bio labs that were creating uh, germs for germ warfare. Uh, and they were American-owned. So you got bio labs that are, are going to kill people. And uh, Ukraine is letting these uh, bio labs be in there. And see, that's another thing, too. Now we come to the Biden-Clinton playbook. 
they've been using the Ukraine for a lot of nefarious activities for years. Biden has interest in this, the kids in there. The Clintons were in there, the Clinton Foundation. I mean, they were using that place really to to uh, to do some really bad things, and and I think uh, I think Russia got tired of it. The hardliners in uh, Russia says we got to clean this mess up, and they're always going to threaten us. They won't cooperate with us, and now they're going to use NATO to threaten us to overcome us and to destroy us. And it, obviously that was the case. So finally, Putin said, "I've had enough of this." And again, it's not just Putin, but, you know, it's a leadership of Russia. And you got to figure if uh, he wasn't asking anything unreasonable, we would have done the same thing. If we had bio labs in the Canadian, uh, along Canada, and uh, say there was 20 or 30, like in Ukraine, uh, would we allow that to occur? Would we allow them to have biolabs up there facing our borders? Of course not. We wouldn't allow it. We'd put an end to it one way or another. So uh, if you look at the whole thing and just don't get caught up in the propaganda hype of MSNBC and CNN and even Fox now, they're describing the war, but they're not describing why the war occurred. They're not describing or letting out the fact that NATO and Biden, or I should say the people behind Biden, which is the Pentagon, they created this. This is what they want, and they forced this bear into a corner, and he came out swinging. Well, okay. Well, that's what you get. So uh, I guess uh, Putin is just going to keep on going. What he wants to do, he wants to grab Ukraine. Uh, he says he's got half of it already. And uh, what he wants to do is split the Ukraine up into states now and to control it. Now, he just made an offer to Zelensky. He says, uh, we'll withdraw our forces if you allow us to put, and you can stay in power, but we're going to have a Russian prime minister right alongside you. And you have to knock off this thing about wanting to join NATO because we don't trust NATO and we don't trust Ukraine. We don't trust you. And uh, also we want Dunatsk and Luhansk to be recognized as independent states so we can annex them. And we also want you to admit that Crimea is Russian territory. Um, And that's a whole other story about how they voted to be independent and uh, the vote wasn't accepted by uh, NATO and they, they, uh, the Russian uh, president that was newly elected was driven all the way to Russia, just thrown out of Ukraine. They're probably going to put him back in power in, in Crimea, Crimea. So that's that's what the latest terms were. And Zelensky said, no way. Let's just keep on going. And... Uh, so it's the same thing. There, there is no resolution. It's going to be a war to the end. And will it become nuclear? Well, I thought it was going to become nuclear just two days ago when Blinken said we're given, uh, we're given uh, replacing uh, all the uh, what was it 
28 fighter jets, MiG jets. We're replacing the Polish jets, and we're letting the Polish jets go in and bomb Ukraine, fight the Russian army. And uh, he announced it. He says, yeah, we're, we're, that's on the table right now. We're, we're doing that. And uh, we're going to get pilots to go in there and uh, support the Ukrainians with uh, air support. Okay, now see, that's NATO jumping in now with military power in a combat role. Putin said, if you do that, and he said that from the very beginning, I'm going nuclear on you. I'm going nuclear on NATO. Well, when Poland finally realized what they were agreeing to, yeah, we'll get a bunch of new uh, F-16s from the United States to replace our MiGs. All we got to do is donate the Ukrainian effort. But when they go into Ukraine, they'll be NATO, NATO aircraft. So that means that the base in Poland, Poland sent them in there. So that means that they're the first country that jumped up to militarily fight Putin in Ukraine, which means they're going to get nuked. Because he said, I'm nuking any, any NATO country that jumps in here in a combat role. The support role is bad enough. We're shipping stuff in there. But that's been going on the whole time. So Putin is waiting for that first country to put troops on the ground in a combat role, which could even be the United States. Who knows what Putin's going to do, what uh, Biden's going to do. And when that happens, you're going to have a nuclear conflict. And is it going to be limited to battlefield weapons? Or is somebody just going to say, no, let's just go to it. Let's get, to, let's get this over with. And now you've got the Dmitry Dudeman prophecy being fulfilled where China and Russia just raises these subs off the coast and just fire up, fires up the United States and puts an end to this whole thing. Because the main agitator in this whole thing is the United States, the U.S. government. They're the main guys, the Pentagon, behind this whole thing, and they're the ones that spark in NATO. And NATO, if I was a NATO country, I'd be getting some really cold feet right now because uh, you're looking to get yourself nuked. This Russian has not done anything he said he's not going to do. Everything he said he's going to do, he's done. And he's done it by the numbers very methodically. So if this guy says he's going to go to nuclear weapons, he's going to go to nuclear weapons. He drew the line. If you want to cross that line, too, he's going to do it. And a lot of people think he's bluffing. Well, he hasn't bluffed at all, not not through this whole thing. And I don't think really Russians are real famous for bluffing anyway. So if you want to see what's going to happen, look at World War II when Germany tried to overcome Russia. These are some very hard people. I know at the end of the war, Germany, I think they had 30,000 Russian prisoners. And they told Russia, a country that lost a million and a half people fighting the Germans off, they told Russia, we got your troops, you want them back? And uh, Russia says, yeah. So they put them all on trains, sent them out to the Siberian desert, and machine gunned them all. So that's the kind of people that you're dealing with. And why did they do that? Because those people, those 30,000 prisoners surrendered. They were expected to fight to the death. Now, that's pretty tough. And those, these are the kind of people that, that you're dealing with. And I don't see at all how this is going to have 
an American happy ending. If it keeps going and if the Pentagon gets its way, we're going to end up in a nuclear war with Russia and China, and we're going to get hit here, probably with ICBMs. They got they have ICBMs on trucks right now floating around the, the – uh, they keep them moving on trucks. They got a 10,000-mile range. That means they can come all the way over the United States and hit California. So that's, that's the kind of thing that we're playing with here. Of course, we're not playing. But this is the kind of thing that we're dealing with. If we keep this up, we're going to end up in a nuclear war just as sure as a turn of the earth. And the sad thing about it is this is what the Pentagon wants. The Pentagon believes that we can survive a nuclear war. Well, at least they think they can, as far as the American people. Have you noticed there's no civil defense for the American people? The uh, Russians yeah. can put 45 million people on the ground. 45 million. They did that, uh, was it last year? In a half an hour, they put 45 million people on the ground in the shelters. We have no civil defense. We're just out in the open. The only thing I can, the only thing I would say about that is the, if it happens, number one, don't look at the fireball because it'll blind you. Go underground if you're not in the blast region because you won't be able to survive any. But let's say that you're 20 miles away from a nuclear weapon that goes off a big one in the city. Go underground for three days. If you're not in what they, if the wind isn't blowing towards you, if it's blowing away from you, you're okay. But if the wind, like I live right outside Chicago, the wind's always blowing from the north to the south right onto me. I have about 25 minutes to get underground because that nuclear cloud, it will go up 35,000 feet and then start drifting down for 250 miles. The radiation you have to worry about, it, it will fall out, gamma radiation. It's the same kind of radiation they stick in you when they test your heart in the hospitals. For three days after you get tested in the hospital, you will light up radiation detectors in the hospital. They even tell you that. It's much more concentrated than fallout. So for three days, you got to stay on the ground. The good thing about gamma radiation is after three days, the nuclear half-life disappears. It's gone. It's a, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I've, I've read that in Chernobyl, when Chernobyl went off, and that reactor went off in Russia, it burned right out into the open air. If those people would have just told, been told that, that they could just stay in your house for three days, that they, most of them would have survived. But they're out there walking around and everything else because the government wasn't telling them anything. The Russian government wasn't. But the American government isn't telling us a thing. And uh, you just kind of wonder uh, what they're thinking. Did, did, is this what they want, that they want the United States to be depopulated? Is that their goal? You know? And look Maybe at the COVID so. shot. Yeah. So before we jump into that, John, uh, uh, Don, I just want to say something here. I titled this message today, Global World Powers Making Their Move. The world is now bracing for the arrival of the Antichrist, the one who will have rule over all the earth for three and a half years. 
The panic is beginning to set in as multitudes are unprepared to face the unprecedented times that are coming on the earth. There is a strangeness in the atmosphere, and while many do not understand what it is, those who are awakened to the truth of Scripture are aware that this strangeness, this ominous funk, is completely satanic and evil. What happens next will be the next step in the evolution of the coming of Lucifer, the Lord of all evil. Are you ready? And what I want to say to that real quick is that there, you, you do get that sense, and the idea that this, you know, the powder keg could blow all over the world, and you know, we're talking about wars, we're talking about the rumors of wars that are that are coming. Uh, rumor, not in a secret, you know, thing, but it's just the reality of war. And we're we're noticing that soon. I mean, in a day, a week, any any time, uh, there could be the mobilization of military powers uh, all over this world and suddenly out of the theme of the book of revelation this world war three that everybody talks about uh the annihilation it will depopulate the earth and we know that out of the ashes uh of this kind of war and these prophetic things that are said to come uh there will arise a global new world order with uh satan at the helm and everything will be different and everything will change uh, this is ominous. This is a, a possible scenario and people not ready for, and it will change the landscape of everything. Uh, before I go any further, I've only got a couple of moments left here. Let me just take another call real quick coming in from area code 916, and I've got a couple of other calls as well. Uh, so just holding tight, 916, you're on the air. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm on the road right now. I'm just hoping that my phone signal remains consistent and doesn't get garbled. I'm going to okay, take my I'm, best I'm, shot. Yeah, go for it. We've got about two minutes, and then Blog Talk will, blog talk will shut off. So give, give it to Real us. Real good. My comment is that, you know, this is really, really a significant discussion about the Kasarian Mafia and I was born and raised Jewish. If I were to find out that I were not, in fact, Jewish, that I were some other race or some other strain of human being, then I would be pretty disappointed. And I would be tempted to, um, oh gosh, I would be tempted to be angry. Okay, having said that, what I have been hearing in my spirit for many, many months now is that deception is a huge key element in the falling away of believers from the word and the falling away of believers from the church. Deception is Satan's, I believe, number one tool to cause believers to fall away. So I think the long and the short of it, Pastor, is that individuals, it's really the responsibility of each individual believer to really remain close to the word of God so that anything and everything else that they have understood all their lives that has been said to them by the media, be it radio or newspaper or television or internet, there's such a huge possibility that that information is false. 
It's the responsibility of the believer to go directly to Scripture, directly to the Bible, directly to the Word of God, and trust the Word of God, and to not trust any other source of information. Only in this way, I do think that one, every single believer, one believer, ten believers, can avoid falling away from the Word if they don't fall prey to the misunderstandings that are sown by Satan. And that's my, that's my, um, that's right. my spiel, Pastor, and I'm sticking to it. It's a good spiel, and I thank you for sharing it. God bless you. You know, the bottom line and what I hear both Don and I, I hear Mark saying is that Jesus Christ said, when you see this climate, when you hear this conversation, don't let your heart be troubled but know that it is another sign of the times of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means don't be deceived. Walk the walk because he's a hearer of the word and not a doer deceives himself. This is huge. So we all just need to be walking and and kind of getting ready with a giddy enthusiasm of the Lord is coming. I'm going to meet the Lord, the Lord, my Savior, the Lord, the one I've talked about my whole life. He's coming, and I'm going to see him. And when, I, when he asks me for account, I'm going to give him an account that's going to just, he's going to be thrilled with. And, Lord, I didn't do this, and I didn't do that, and I did this, and I did that. Lord, I did it all for you. I did it all for you, Jesus. Father God, I can't wait to be with you that Jesus reconciled me to you. I mean, This should be the time of getting cleaned up, not a casual, you know. I mean, it's getting close. There's a lot going on. And the last time I checked, when when something's getting ready to get exposed, obviously, there's a huge distraction. And what great distraction uh, war would be right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll see what's going to happen. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you, and we'll look forward to it. I'm so sorry we can't take any other calls. We're up on Blog Talk Radio as far as uh, diversity. Uh, So Don, Mark, thank you. Callers that were calling in, thank you. We'll catch up tomorrow. Shalom and God bless. And please remember, if you would like to support this ministry on the screen, you could send your offering, your gift to PO Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas. It's on the screen, 72722. Remember that number that if you needed help in prayer, make sure you call that number. And again, you could go to our website at nwmglobal.org nwmglobal.org under the donations tab. You could also go to omegaradio.org and there you could give to this ministry as well. Uh, Today is my daughter's birthday, Danielle Marie Xavier. I wanted to say, Danielle, if you're tuning in and watching, you're a little Athena Grace. Happy birthday. I love you. Mom loves you. We love you. Have a super blessed day there in California. I know it's a little bit sunnier and nice out there. And we'll look forward to seeing you real soon. So God bless you, Danielle Marie. And uh, have a super blessed day. And to all the saints of God, have a super blessed day. Let's get it right. Every one of us need to get it right. Another day to get it right. And may the Spirit of the, of the Lord give us the wisdom and the ability when the enemy comes in like a flood to raise up the standard against him. Keep going in the right direction. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. This is Pastor Vince over and out. Shalom and God bless.